Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. War Eagle, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Tiger Talk. I'm your host, Taylor Davis, joined by the one and only Jason Campbell. We're here to break down all things Auburn football for you. And, you know, it's a big week here. Not just Thanksgiving. It is Iron Bowl week, people, and we get super pumped for that here on Tiger Talk. So we are, of course, going to preview that big matchup with Alabama, recap a little bit of what happened against Samford this past week. And, man, I'm just I'm fired up for this one, Jason. I've got a good feeling about it. Good evening, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody can tell I'm in a happy mood today. Uh, You know, it's Thanksgiving week, so that means pies and turkey and dressing and whatever you want to name. I'm just, I'm excited. And then there's football to go along with it. So if you're not as excited as I am, then you might need to rethink with yourself. You need to take a quiet Totally. But, Reevaluate uh, your priorities. Exactly. Like, there's so much to be <laughs> thankful for, especially with so much that's going on in the world nowadays. Uh, so, so true. So, getting back to football real quick. Yes, <laughs> I'm very excited this week about this game. I think uh, Auburn has a, a big opportunity here to make a statement, um, not just for not just for this game, but pretty much like our season has been some good times and there have been some, some hard times. And, uh, and the reason is because we have high expectations and, you know, we put a lot on our football team and our football team, you know, things have themselves and which you should, if you ever want to achieve championships or you want to compete for them, you have to think above and beyond what you can really do and above your imagination. And uh, this season has been a little bit of a, a little bit of a tough one, but Mm -hmm. I think that I think, with the seniors that we have, their last time playing in an Iron Bowl and it's in your backyard and Alabama still has a lot to play for when it comes to trying to play in the into the playoff system with LSU and Georgia having to face each other in the SEC championship game. They're going to come in here feeling like this is a statement game for them because I've heard right. Coach Saban say this week that this is the hardest team they played all year. And I think uh, – they just played LSU not too long ago. So I said, maybe he's saying that to get his guys more motivated. But in all honesty, I think he's saying that because he's really fearful of Auburn because the last time he played here in 2017, we really got after them. And mm-hmm. and with him having a backup quarterback playing and not Tua, he need everybody else to step their game up a little bit more. So he's throwing some stuff out there to try to get to his team. And I think Auburn is not going to play into that because Auburn understand already, like, this is a robbery game. And this is where legacies are made. This is where history is made. And and you're in our backyard. And we can't go to the playoffs or somebody going to be sitting right along with us watching them on TV. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are implications across the board for this one. We see it so many times. I mean, if there's an up and down season, but it ends with a victory over Alabama, you're feeling a little bit better about things. That's just the way it is in Auburn. And uh, there are a lot of factors that are going to go into play with this one. Like you mentioned, Tua Tungvaluwa being out. Mac Jones gets the start. Does he have enough to pull this team to a victory in Jordan-Hare? But 
does Bo Nix? I, I mean, this is a high pressure situation for him too. I, I want to break all of that down, but I want to go back to what you were saying about this this team's expectations going into this season and, and possibly why that made the losses hurt even more. And it's not just the expectations. This team has the talent that could have achieved those expectations. Even I thought it was interesting. Sanford's head coach following the game said, I think if Auburn was playing in a different division, they would be a top five team. Like uh-huh. it is evident in these games that there is talent all over the field for this Auburn team. And and to see them maybe not achieve everything that they set out to do this season has been difficult. But I agree with you, that will probably fuel the fire heading into this Iron Bowl, as if there's not already enough fire, please. Uh, But it will certainly set them up for a big day. But I say the last fine-tuning before the Iron Bowl was the matchup with Samford at home. Uh, The Tigers won 52-0, which... I mean, honestly, they should, right? Like you're playing an FCS opponent. It, it's it's a even when you walk onto the field, you can see the difference just in size and stature. And so, this absolutely should have been the final result of this one. But give me a little bit of your perspective on things that maybe caught your eye in this matchup, things that were impressive and important for this Auburn team to showcase before the Iron Bowl. Yeah, Taylor, when you look at this game last week against Sanford. It, Let's be honest. It was an appetizer. And what I mean, <laughs> and I say that in all respect to Sanford, you know, they understand yeah. like, hey, this is a level up that we played at. So they totally understand what I'm saying. It's just like, OK, it's a confidence game that we needed coming off the tough Georgia loss. And mm-hmm. to go into your, your your big rivalry game, you need that a little bit. You need spirits to get uplifted. You need guys to get the energy back, to feel the just to feel a victory, no matter if it's who you're playing just to feel the just to get that feeling again and then to head yeah. back into this week knowing that hey we win this game that puts us at nine wins with an opportunity to win a bowl game which puts us at 10 and so there's still a lot a lot of things for these guys to play for and when I look at the Sanford game over this past weekend our defense only gave up one first down the whole first quarter Jeez. and then the second quarter you know there was a, a first down here and there but it was almost like nothing Sanford could do. And you know, they're a pretty much explosive offense because they come from the Mike Leach system and their head coach. And yeah. everything. So they like to spread the ball around, like to do different things, like to catch you off guard. But our defense wasn't fooled by any of it. And at the end of the day, these are all still 18 to 22 year olds. And for our defense, not to even give them a f- one first down only in the first quarter, and then not to even hardly convert any third downs, like even in a rainstorm, that just goes to show you that our guys were locked in and focused all week, that they wasn't caught looking ahead to Alabama and, and didn't see Sanford as an opponent. They really studied. They really studied their game plan. They really got into it. And that's the sign of maturity. That's a sign of leadership, uh, being in the right direction as far as, like, making sure that, you know, we're just not looking at this and say, oh, boy, we got this game today. Who really wants to play it? No, our guys came out and played, and they was excited yeah. to put that blue jersey on. And I saw Marlon Davidson making plays, Derrick Brown making plays, Jeremiah Denson making plays. Um, and I got a chance to see a lot of guys that you don't see regularly get a chance to get in the ball game. And that's right. a lot of times what coaches want to see late in the season. Like, hey, I want to see a kid that i kind of been developing all year, but we really hadn't had the right time to put him in a game to, to get him that experience. So – this game was more of an experience game for the other guys that's going to be coming back next year. 
and some of the guys that you kind of want to get a look at in the field for even our backup quarterback, <laughs> you know, he played pro baseball yeah. or pro baseball uh, contract years ago. And this was his dream just to play in the Auburn stadium. And it didn't matter what game it was. He just wanted to play. And, the, and he threw two touchdowns <laughs> when he got out there and played. So, you know, mm -hmm. for him, this is a memory that he will always have in his, having his mind and in his heart that he would share one day with his children and grandchildren. Because mm -hmm. you are getting that opportunity. And like I said, this was a great opportunity for our guys to get confidence. It was a great opportunity for the coaching staff to just take a deep breath uh, before heading to this big game. And uh, and it got an opportunity for us not to get any serious injuries because we was able to get guys in the game but get them out of the game at the same time. I absolutely agree with you. I think that defense up against Sanford, man, it didn't even look fair. I mean, they forced four <laughs> turnovers. Sanford was held to just 114 total yards, 35 in the first half. I mean, and like you said, that air raid offense isn't as common in the SEC. So mm -hmm. there were some adjustments this defense had to make in preparing for Sanford. But, I mean, they just don't skip a beat. And I also do love that we get the chance to see – I mean, obviously, these opponents aren't the most riveting. I mean, that just is what it is. And there's always talk about cupcake matchups, quote unquote. But especially with the implementation of the new redshirt rule, where some younger guys get up to four games to play, we get to see some somewhat of the future. And especially for this Auburn team that knows we're losing a lot of stars on defense. And does that create worry? But it's great to get to see some of these younger guys that are being developed and will get their shot moving forward. Um, I do want to talk about Bo Nix real quick. He did set some freshman records this past week against Sanford. He set the completions record with 181, and he matched the freshman touchdown passes with 14. Heading into the Iron Bowl, he needs 50 yards to break the freshman record for passing yards in a season with 2,242. So, great game for him. The question once again becomes... Can you handle yourself and execute that well in high pressure situations, which we know the Iron Bowl is going to be one, which yes, it's at home. But like we've talked about all season, this is a guy that grew up a diehard Auburn fan. He knows what an Iron Bowl means. So whether it's in Auburn or in Tuscaloosa, it holds a lot of weight. How will his mental toughness hold up in a situation like that? And you say coming off the game with Sanford, you know, it's, it's a confidence builder, but from a player's perspective, I, I mean, is is that really a, how much confidence can you get from from a situation like that, knowing that the opponent is is not the same caliber that you're used to facing? Right, like this, like you say, like in reality, the the, only, the real confidence that comes from it, um, Taylor, is the fact that you get that sour taste out your mouth, you mm -hmm. know, and that's that's the whole thing. Like when you lose a game. And it's a close game, like the way we lost to Georgia when we was fighting back so hard in the fourth quarter, and it was just right there, almost feel like for the taking where they had lost all momentum and it, we had it all. And then all of a sudden, you feel like every ounce of you just got took out of you, and we didn't, yeah. we weren't able to tie the game up. That sits with you for a while, and it sits with you until you can get back onto the football field and do something about it. So the fact that we got back onto the field and we was able to just get a victory, that sour taste is now gone, and now it's almost like you're at even start it's almost like a zero to zero and you get sure. an opportunity to go out this weekend uh and play in a big ball game and like you said with Bo yes Bo has been able to show up against these opponents that are not you know of superior opponents and some mm -hmm. of the big games where we consider like the top five games of the year 
you know, he struggled in. You know, he had the, the second half against Oregon that he did really well. But in a lot of the other ones, he's, he's had some big struggles. So for him, yeah. this is the important game, especially for a kid that grew up in Birmingham. You know, he's kind of like right in between <laughs> Alabama and Auburn and uh, and everything. So if anyone understands the, the magnitude of this game, he knows. But he has to understand, like, if he really wants to put a stamp on his freshman season as the highs and the lows and the learning curves and everything that comes along with it. You know, this is an opportunity for him to go out with a bang with the regular season and get prepared for a big bowl game. And if he can find a way to win this ball game, especially with Tua being out, and we're going mm-hmm. against an inexperienced uh, quarterback across, he actually has more experience than the Jones kid for Alabama. Yeah. Um, you know, going into this game. So we can't really say, okay, Bo's a freshman in this game. The other kid is almost like a freshman into this game because he's only sure. had two starts. So, you know, from the quarterback position, okay, we're evenly matched from a standpoint of, you know, like which quarterback's going to take over this game. I guess you would have to say Bo because the more experience that he has. And then if you look at the overall team aspect, Alabama's loaded at the receiver position. I mean, loaded at the receiver position. But the one thing, and they have a really good running back, but the one thing that we have is a really great defense, and we're built right. to stop really great receivers. You know, we've seen that in LSU. We go to LSU, and we not shut down the offense, but we held it to a position that they hadn't been held at all year. And mm-hmm. uh, and so that doesn't concern me. The only thing that concerns me is what are we going to do from an offensive standpoint and how are we going to do it to create touchdowns instead of field goals when we get into the red zone area? Are we still going to take those shots that we do against unsuperior opponents and against superior opponents where we still had a confidence to take them same kind of shots and give our kids opportunities to score? Oh, yeah, that'll be a key in this one. And I agree with you about the comparison between Bo Nix and Mac Jones. And I think a benefit for Bo is all season – I mean, aside from the beginning when there was still a little bit of conversation about Joey Gatewood, but it was never like overarching. It was made very clear very early that like Bo was the guy. So all season, he's just been compared to himself, really. I mean, he's been compared to, you know, the true freshman Bo versus the Bo that looks like a veteran or the road game bow versus the home game bow. Mac Jones is still going to be compared to Tua Tungavailoa, no matter what he does. Like he's going to have to be hearing the name of someone else, which causes a lot of doubt and question. And and you feel like you have to match up to someone else instead of just being your best. So I think that's something that can work in Bo's favor because he does have the confidence of knowing I am Auburn's guy and, and they're behind me regardless what happens. Obviously, we want to see your best, but all of that considered, I think that adds in to the mental aspect of this game and something that could work in Bo's favor. Uh, The last thing that I'll say about the Sanford game, it was great to see Booby Whitlow out there again. Kind of looks like he's he's back to full force, which we certainly will need heading into the Iron Bowl. But it's also great that we have so many talented backs right now. And I mean, when you look in years past, the most talented and successful Auburn teams, you look to the running game. I mean, that's really what has established a lot of Auburn's success. And so to see six different running backs record a carry in this game and touchdowns by Sean Shivers and DJ Williams, some younger guys getting involved and really making an impact that that's something that you can really hang your hat on and I I feel like this Alabama defense will have their hands full with this run game where it is right now yeah and that's Gus specialty uh you know everyone you know always looks at our offense and say 
Oh, it's such a finesse offense because we try to do everything like NASCAR, speed car uh, formations, and we try to go as fast as we possibly can. But when you actually break down his offense, it is a run-oriented offense. And when I looked at the halftime stats this past week, there's like four guys that had almost the same number of carries and almost similar yards. And uh, wow. so that was like very, very balanced. And and I think we if we can create that against Alabama, of course, not all four running backs going to get the opportunity to play that way. But at the same time, if we can get our run game going against Alabama, that's where we really had success at in the past against them. Like you think of carry on back in 2017. Mm-hmm. And even last year when we went down to, to, to Tuscaloosa, the first half was anybody's game because we yeah, were able was. to run the football and we was able to do play action off of it. So if our run game comes out of the gates and gets going, it sets up the play action. It sets up everything else that comes off of it. And even Bo's runs, when Bo's able to keep the ball, that's a big part of the run game because you're holding the backside defender from getting in on the play because he has to respect the quarterback's run. So it makes it interesting this week because everybody knows when we play Alabama, Gus comes out with everything. And he knows that this game means a lot for him and a lot for for everybody because for him, it's a big booster and everything. It takes a lot of the stress and pressure of the season away from him and uh, and everything. And at the same time, he understands, like, when you're a head coach at Auburn, you know, people, they, especially when you play them at home, they, they expect you and want you to win that, that football game. Absolutely. And, I mean, it's going to take going full throttle the entire game. I, I, they need to come out fast and play hard early, but they can't let off the gas. That's when Alabama gets you. We saw it last year, like you just mentioned. Now, for Alabama, they are still vying for the playoff. They obviously got an assist this past week when Oregon lost, which is just frustrating for all Auburn fans because we started the season beating Oregon. But right. uh, they took themselves out of that. Alabama is favored in this game, but not by much, obviously, because they are without Tua. But uh, – this is not the same Alabama team that that we're used to seeing. And honestly, it's not the Alabama team that everyone was expecting heading into season. I think there were a lot more question marks than anyone expected. Yeah, this is a different situation. Uh, coming into this season, Alabama lost two of their starting linebackers from the get-go um, to mm-hmm. see season-ending injuries. And anytime you lose that type of experience at that position, it can hurt you in a lot of ways. And we've seen it in their defense. They hadn't been able to stop the run as much as possible as they have in the past. Their defense has given up more yards and touchdowns and points than they have in the past. But at the same time, they understand it's the Iron Bowl. And, for, and they understand they're still fifth in the country. So they understand that, hey, we still have everything in front of us. And the thing about the Jones kid that scares you a little bit is, when you don't really see somebody and you don't really know them as well, you really don't know what you're going to get or what to expect. You know, he or could how come to in prepare. here or how to really prepare for him. Like he played against Arkansas, but we all know Arkansas have not been a superior opponent for the last couple of years. And no. then so you really can't weigh your hat on that one. And then he played last week against Western Carolina. So you really can't weigh your, <laughs> right. So you really can't weigh your hat on that one. So he put up good numbers and good stats. So we really don't know like what to expect. Like it's it's like one of these games. Like hey, we're rolling in here. We're really trying to like, you know. I think we just play our defense and we do what we do and just make him have to make adjustments. I think that's what that's how we approach this game. But at the same time, I have to expect Alabama to be very run oriented this game, uh, just because of the simple fact that. They want to stay in third and short manageable downs for their quarterback so that he's not getting getting teed off on with some of our rushes that rush defenders that we have up front and to keep him in a manageable situation where they can still run the ball on a third and two or third and three and not have to put the ball in the air all the time. So 
for us offensively, it's very important for us if we can jump onto them early and get a lead. Now we put them really behind the eight ball because now they're fighting in a situation where they really hadn't had to do all year besides the LSU game, but that was with their starting quarterback, Tua. This is without their starting quarterback. So it'll be very interesting to see how that would transform if we could somehow find a way to get up early on them. Well, and I think even with the question marks with this quarterback, they're going to have to find a way to get the ball to the wide receivers because those are, I mean, they have playmakers. Devontae Mm -hmm. Smith, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddell, they are stacked at that position. And if you get the ball in their hands, they are going to make an impact against this Auburn secondary. I mean, I think we have a lot of talent back there too, but when you watch those guys, I mean, those are guys that are going to be playing on Sunday. They just have that knack and they turn it on when it's game time. So I think they might get a little creative with, with the uncertainty of, of how Mac Jones is going to handle this situation. But I think they're going to find a way to implement those guys because that's, that's going to be their best shot. But I agree with you. I I feel good about this D line. I, I feel good about their ability to put pressure on Mac Jones and, and make an impact that way. But once again, our story has been the offense. And and can they get enough productivity against an Alabama team that they're they're going to make plays? That's, that's how they do it down there. I mean, they're, they're going to find ways. Anytime there are question marks for Alabama, they find some way to make it work. So they will do that in this game. But our offense has to play a very sound football game. And I think the potential is there for them to do that because this is not Alabama's best defense that they've had in a while. So if our run game is explosive, the way we saw it this past week, kind of run by committee, Booby Whitlow is at full potential and Bo Nix plays his game and connects with Seth Williams early and often. I think this is an Auburn win. Yeah, you're definitely correct. Um, I think about the years that I played in the Iron Bowl uh, back in 2002. Uh, we didn't have Carnell or, or, or Ronnie, and we went there. We came off mm. a tough Georgia loss. We lost on 4th and 15, and uh, Michael Johnson caught the ball in the back of the end zone to kind of knock us out the SEC championship game. And we, were, and we went there with a small running back by the name of Trey Smith, and everyone counted us out all week, saying we didn't have a chance. Alabama had the number one uh, ranked defense in the nation at the time. It was ninth ranked in the country. And so, you know, we was a really good football team. We just got hit hard on fourth and 15. So we go there and we rally together and we run and we go there and we line up and we play hard nosed football and we ran the ball. Well, we threw the ball well out of play action. And, uh, you know, I was involved in the run game a lot as well as passing. And we ended up winning that football game 17 to seven. And then we went on to beat Penn State uh, the following game, which had the 2000 yard rusher and Larry Johnson. And we was able to hold him down to like 50 or 60 yards. And we was able to win that game down in Orlando in the Florida Citrus Bowl, Capital Capital One Bowl. I mean, so it is so much that can help propel your career and everything. And that game for us was the game that started off the six in a row um, Mm. with the 2002 game. So, and that's the game that everyone said we didn't have a, 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 chance and i don't know what man we went down there and we <laughs> showed it right and we went to tuscaloosa and we did it so my thought process to this auburn football team is don't worry about what's happened so much in the past but take this game and approach it and be the hammer not the nail and go in there and do what you got to do to get this victory and then go win the bowl game and let everything get start to just take place and uh and and it's not so much about the S's and O's in the games like this. It's more about who wants to be there and are yeah. you going to show up 
And are you going to make somebody make a business decision on the football field and decide if they really want to be in this football game? Because it is a hard-nosed, hitting football game. It is a get-after-you type of football game. And like I said, either you're going to be the hammer or you're going to be the nail when it comes to games like this. You're absolutely right. This one does come down to more than just X's and O's. I mean, the heart and the passion, it is like palpable in the stadium. And I I love it. I mean, it's always one of my favorite days of the year. Do you have any other special Iron Bowl memories that that you hold on to? Yeah, I do. Um, the 2003 uh, Iron Bowl memory as well. Um, they came here in Auburn. It was Jordan Harris, a night game. So I really like night games when it comes to this, Robert. We don't get a lot of them mm-hmm. anymore. Uh, yeah, but, freaking CBS. <laughs> right, so we get Don't a lot get of these me started. <laughs> so we used to play ESPN sometime with these night games, and it used to be yeah. loud because everybody tailgates all day. By the time the game comes, it's really intense. And I remember the first play of the game, Cadillac goes 80 yards, and that was the one everybody called Go Crazy Cadillac. And uh, we had the ball off, and the first play that I got at the Iron Bowl hits for 80 yards and a touchdown. You want to talk about it got loud and crazy? It got loud and crazy. And – uh and that was the game that came off of Tuberville's um, where they took a flight to Louisville and everything. And so mm-hmm. there was so much stuff going on. But it just goes to show you, it didn't matter what was going on around us in the air or, or in the whatever. When that game came, it was all locked and focused. And everybody was all in. And that's the magnitude of this game. And then back in 2004, we went there. We're number two, number three ranked team in the country in the BCS stuff. And we go there. And, of course – it is massive, so many people there. And they are they want to beat us so bad because they want to knock us out of the opportunity to go compete for a championship. And uh, that was so much fun because we was playing for a lot of something and they wasn't playing for a, a whole lot, but they was playing for both. They still had a good team that year. They had a really good team that year. Defense was still top five in the nation. And uh, they got after us. They got after us really hard in the first half. And, uh, of course, we had some mistakes and everything we hadn't been doing all year. But when the second half came, we went in that game at halftime and no coach said anything, not one coach. Our players and seniors got up and man-to-man challenged each other to a second half and made us come out. And Toast Subberville just walked out and said, okay, y'all ready to go? And we went back to the football field, and we did not punt for the rest of that second half, and our defense balled out the second half, and we ended up winning that football game and uh, went on to the SEC championship, and the rest was history. So – there's so many moments that I can remember in games like this where coaches don't have a whole lot to say. If a coach got to tell you something in games like this, you don't need to wear that Auburn uniform. You're I, at the you, wrong school. You're yep. at the wrong school. This is the type of game that even as a as a student, Taylor, like you take a lot of heart into it. And me being from Mississippi, I was part of the Egg Bowl because my brother played at Mississippi State. But for me, I remember hearing the Iron Bowl on the radio, and I remember riding the car with my dad one one night, and it was dark, and we listened to the Iron Bowl, and it was like 1997 probably. I was about a sophomore in high school. And I remember telling my dad, I said, man, that game sounds so intense just from hearing the radio analysts. I said, I want to play in that game. And I remember telling him, I said, I want to play in that game because the magnitude that it sounded like and the, and the way it felt, even as a kid in high school, made me want to be a part of it. And I tell you what, it was the right decision because there's been so much history made in, into that game. And uh, I was 3-0 and as a starter against Alabama. And, and uh, you know, that's, that's just, uh, you know, I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for the opportunity to play in this game because not many people get an opportunity to, to experience this. And if 
And if you're a player, you get that opportunity to experience this in an Auburn uniform and everything, like, man, give it your all. And yeah. don't worry about S's and O's. Just go out there and just do your best and put your best foot forward and let everything else take care of itself. And I mean, you really are given the opportunity to make history. I mean, people just always, you say you're remembered for what you do in November. You're also remembered for what you do in the Iron Bowl. And that just <laughs> has true. been the case. I mean, that's how important it is to both of these fan bases. And honestly, it's important to college football. I mean, I, I work in college football and people who have absolutely no tie to the SEC know that the Iron Bowl is just something different. It is something mm-hmm. special. And, and I love that. It's unique that this year, neither of these teams have a shot at going to the SEC championship in Atlanta. Listen, it's it's disappointing that that's not on the table for Auburn fans. It's disappointing that the playoffs are not on the table, but there is something very dangerous about teams that can just play with reckless abandonment, you know, and we've talked about how we want to see this Auburn team just cut it loose, just showcase that passion, get fiery with each other and, and just play for the, the logo that's on your chest. And I think we saw a glimpse of that against Samford last week, even in, in the weather and the fact that Samford wasn't a big matchup and whatever it looked like they got back to having fun out there. And I think that is so important for them to carry into this week. And uh, the fans are going to have fun. The viewers are going to have fun. I, the players should too. Just let it loose because I think this this Auburn team has so much talent. If they tie their heart with it as well, uh, it could be a great end to the regular season. And of course, if we're talking Iron Bowl memories, pretty much everyone can remember where they were for the kick six. And (laughs) I love to tell this story because that one was my most dear memory because it was my senior year. So it was my last game in the stadium as a student. I got there very early and my friends and I were in the front row of the end zone where Chris Davis caught it before he took off running. So we had perfect seats. We were right in the action. I mean, like I can literally like, feel how I felt in that moment but you know when you're at the very bottom like that and (laughs) thousands of people above you are trying to storm the field um it was like a stampede of rhinos Jason I got trampled face first onto the field I had turf like grass stains all down my jacket, people stepping on me because I am laying face down in the grass. And my friends didn't realize that I just like disappeared into the abyss. And so then they came back trying to get me. And I think it was the adrenaline because I just popped up and I was like, I'm okay. And we just took off running. But uh, if anyone ends up storming the field, just please be careful. Uh, all that glitters is not gold. It looks like it's going to be fun. It may be painful, but still to this day, one of my absolute favorite memories, hands down, it was one of the coolest experiences. That was a great experience. I was in, uh, it was awesome. I was in a hotel preparing for our, our NFL game the next day. And I remember all the guys running into the Dakota quarterbacks meeting room talking about, J. Cam, you got to come see this. You got to come see this. I'm like, what? What, <laughs> what happened? So I get out there and, uh, and they showed a Chris Davis play and, uh, over again and how he ran it back and I saw everybody running on the field. And I was just like, man, I was like, that is crazy. I was like, a week after we just had the prayer in Jordan. And Jordan yep. here, now we had to kick six. I was just like, 
man, what a magical run is all I could say. And uh, Taylor, it takes me back to you talking about you getting stampede. That is, that is, oh, right. yeah. that is very dangerous. And uh, it is, man. I don't know if you got an ice tub the next day or not, but. Well, you know, you know I'm, I'm tough. <laughs> I, I, I might've had some icy hot or something, but I'm good. <laughs> I want to get back to the words that you said, play loose. I really like that because the fact that is we really haven't seen our guys cut it loose this year on offense yeah. where they would just play with like a, just a reckless abandon, abandon just where you just go out there and just, Hey, cut it loose. Don't worry about if you turn the ball over. Don't worry about mistakes, but just cause you, you make more mistakes when you're worrying about mistakes. So totally. go out there and just play hard and cut it loose because, you know, you only get so many opportunities to play in this game and you only get so many opportunities. And like I said, what do we have to lose? Is my whole thing. What do we have to lose? We don't have right. anything to lose this Saturday by going out there and just cutting it loose. It's not we're not in the playoff hunt. We're not going to the SEC championship game. So what do we have to lose? So you have nothing to right. lose. You should be the most dangerous team in America because you can throw everything out there and not think twice about it and you just go for it. And Alabama, yes, they gotta think a little bit twice about everything that they do because they can't just cut it loose. Like they can cut right. it loose, but they gotta be smart about it because they still can easily get into the playoffs because I said the two other teams in the SEC has to play each other that's in the top four. So mm-hmm. we could be that team that scares them and be that team that really knocked them off because we had that mentality where we just said, hey, we're going for it and we're leaving it all out here on the football field. Win or lose, we're going to walk away from this field knowing that we left it out here and we didn't take any of our good plays into the locker room with us. I totally agree. I mean, even in that Georgia game, when was this team most successful? When they let go a little bit. Mm-hmm. The, the crowd started the swag surf and the guys were jumping around. The bench fell over. I mean, like, right. that's when they are most effective as a team. And I want to see that for them, especially for this group of seniors and these guys that are playing their last time in Jordan hair, like it should be a night that they look back on and just think, man, that was, that was freaking fun. Like that's, that's what you want for an iron bowl. So man, it's going to be a good one. We are so excited to see this matchup unfold. Now, like you said, Jason, it is Thanksgiving. So before we hang this one up, I want to hear your favorite Thanksgiving food. That's important. And also what you thankful for. I would probably say my favorite Thanksgiving food is I always love dressing. Dressing is always my go-to. And then I huh. love I, I love a turkey. I love a smoked ham. I love um my mama make this mac and cheese casserole that's so good. I oh, enjoy, I enjoy see that's it. what I'm talking about. Dressing is a lame answer, Jason. <laughs> mac and cheese casserole, that's what I'm talking about. Let's yeah, hear it. <laughs> mac and cheese casserole. Um <laughs> You know, sweet potato pie, but I also like sweet potato casserole. Like, it's it's, okay. it's so good. Uh, and the other one, I would probably say that I'm a collard green guy. I love eating collards. Okay. And uh, you throw me a little cornbread in there with that. You know, uh, I'm in my recliner sleep an hour later. Yeah. So, and when it comes to I asked desserts, for your favorite, and you just told me your entire plate. <laughs> oh, oh my, my, my bad. You know, I get so excited. I get so excited when it comes to food. You, know, you listed it's, them all. Yeah, I, I, just, feel I you. can't pick one. You know, like, I can't pick one. And then what I'm most Are you the type that, like, mixes everything? Like, you get a bite of a little bit of everything on your fork, or you eat it oh, one yeah. at a time? Well, I used to be a very picky eater. I used to eat everything mm. individually. And then when I That's finish that I one individually, then I go to the next and eat that individually. But then yep. I got to a point where I said, 
let me change up some things. <laughs> so then I said, let me see what this tastes like with this. So I, then I started mixing my foods and I started getting a little bit of a different taste and I started to enjoy okay. it. So now I try to, I try to make it last, put it that way. When it's on I my plate, you. I look at it, I try to make it last without having to go get a second plate. So that's what <laughs> I pretty much do. I like it. Now you said what I'm most thankful for. Uh, I'm yeah. just thankful for life. Uh, thankful for my family. And uh, most importantly, I'm thankful for my health, um, you know, and uh, I'm thankful that I, I have a roof over my head and that I can get up on a daily basis and be able to go out and achieve things in life because God has blessed me and God is number one in my life. And uh, without him, I'm nothing, but with him, I can do all things. So I'm just thankful to be surrounded by great people and I'm just thankful for the opportunities I have in life. Now, that was beautiful. You, Taylor. What is your favorite food? Put it away. Don't say food. Let's say, what's your favorite foods? And then, what you're thankful for? Well, I uh, I can play by the rules here. My favorite is the turkey because my dad does it every year and it's deep fried. Oh, and nice. they they prep it the night before, inject it with all the stuff, okay. and, uh, and then deep fry it throughout the day. And then, oh man, it is perfection. He has mastered it. And um, what I am thankful for, I am thankful for my Lord and Savior. I would be nowhere if it weren't for his blessings and his grace. Um, So I am eternally grateful uh, to be known and loved by him. I am thankful for my wonderful family. Uh, I I have the best support system and a family that has my back and they're my biggest fans and everything. I'm incredibly lucky. And uh, I'm not going to lie. I am thankful for Auburn. I I really, I know I sound like I'm brown nosing. If any like Auburn people are like, Alan Green, you listening? No, I'm totally (laughs) kidding. I, I truly, I am so grateful for my experience at Auburn. I am grateful for the woman that Auburn helped me to become. I think it just, it taught me so much about about life and passion and hard work and just a, a lot of good things that life can bring you if if you're a good person and you work hard. And I'm just forever grateful for the experience that Auburn gave me and, and what it's allowed me to do after graduating, the alumni support and just everything that, that Auburn provides uh, its students. I'm, I'm very grateful when I look back on my time there. So, and I'm grateful for you, Jason. This, this podcast is always fun to do with you. You know what? I'm grateful for you, Taylor. And like I said, this opportunity <laughs> came out of middle of nowhere. And I'm glad that God gave us the opportunity to work together. It's been fun. Yep. I'm excited. I'm excited to see how it continues to grow in the future. But you left one thing out. You did not tell me what's oh. your one favorite side besides the turkey. Oh, okay. I'll tell you now. So my mom makes this corn casserole and I'm really not even entirely sure what all is in it because it's one of those things that like she refuses to make unless it's a special occasion because she says otherwise we're going to get sick of it and it won't be special anymore (laughs) so like we only get it for like holidays and it's so good I really don't know I think there's like yellow rice in it and there's cheese on top and you bake it and it's just ah man it's wonderful and honestly she might be right because if it may not be that special, but I've had it like mm, twice a year my entire life. So to me, it is like pure gold. So that's nice. my favorite. 
Nice. Well, <laughs> well now that I'm really hungry and really fired up for this game, I think that's a great note to end it on. So everybody, thank you so much, as always, for joining us here on Tiger Talk. We're pumped up, in case you haven't caught on to that one, for this Iron Bowl. We hope everyone enjoys it, whether you're going to Auburn or just watching it with your family. Enjoy the Iron Bowl. It is sure to be something special. And from Jason and myself, everyone have a very happy, blessed Thanksgiving. Be safe. Enjoy time with your family everyone enjoy your time eat a lot calories do not count this week people all right so enjoy it and uh we will be back next week to break down hopefully an auburn victory so everyone enjoy your week and war eagle for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.